Hello, welcome to another episode of Black Girl Chit Chat. I'm Alice. And I'm Octavia. Welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> this time it's not like three weeks. Look at us. Yeah. It's been like a week, I think, so, yeah. you know, we're talking things. <laughs> getting back onto that schedule. School's getting, school's coming up real soon. Well, <laughs> sure. has to make our, its way back into our lives. I actually can't do it. The thought of going back makes me, like, sick, and I'm not even going to physically be there. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of sad how, like, school has now worked its way into your own bedroom, like. Yeah, but I'm going to make sure I do all my schoolwork downstairs, because I don't want to corrupt my, like, living space, but also, it's weird, because I spend the majority of my time in my living room, so downstairs kind of is my living space. Mm. whatever (laughs) okay so today's episode is going to be an advice episode we asked you guys to send in your issues or just general topics questions and now we're gonna help you out my favorite activity is helping people with their problems (laughs) can you tell that i want to be a therapist Oh my gosh. Well, you're getting some great practice right now. I know, right? I get great practice like every day. I need to start charging people because I actually be solving problems and like I don't get shit in return. Isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Like the other day, I was like um, with my mom and she was like telling me about her nightmares and I was like helping her and telling her that like she needs to face her fear of like mm-hmm. just different stuff and like her trauma and then she did and now she doesn't have any nightmares wow like whoa my mind is so big <laughs> okay let's start with the first one so I'm going to read the question query problem and then we will respond with our advice Okay. I want to explain to my sorority friends that them trying to incite positive change from within, aka they're just trying to justify not dropping, is literally impossible because the Greek life system should just be abolished. But also, I feel like if you stay affiliated, you're still at fault and in the wrong, even if you are trying to change things, end quote. And consider yourself woke to the issues of Greek life. Any advice on how to explain this to these dumbasses would be appreciated because I live with two people who consider themselves activists but still are in a sorority. Like, what? Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I found that really funny. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> we both have different takes, I think, yeah. because sorority life is different on our campuses. So I'll let you go first because it's it's a bigger they have a bigger presence where you go to school. Yeah. So in Chapel Hill, Greek life <laughs> yes, I said Chapel Hill because to me it is a hellhole. <laughs> Greek life is very big. So like I see sorority and fraternity people everywhere and like The things that people talk about, like, in classes and stuff, if you're, like, partnering up with someone, you can tell that they, like, are wanting to talk about Greek life, because there's so many white people, like, it's kind of hard to avoid them. And, like, practically every white person that I know that goes to UNC, like, is part of Greek life, or at least tried to be part of Greek life. So, Mm -hmm. like, 
if you're interacting with white people, which you'll be forced to do so on this campus, like they're going to either bring it up or you're just gonna like know that like that's what their life is like. And even with the like people of color, I I it's completely different with like the black organizations. I don't know anything about them. I just know that like it's not the same somehow. Like white Greek life is like very disturbing, like big parties, everyone drinking out of like a plastic container and putting their hands in there and like pretending to like the have fundraisers whatever and then black organizations it's like secret societies like yeah that kind of stuff and they do a lot of like um what's the word philanthropy mm-hmm. as well but the difference is that the white organizations are going to always be the dominant ones because of white supremacy and if you look at the history of colleges, we can, like, you don't have to be a genius to understand that white Greek life was created to exclude Black people <laughs> and people of color from having a place in schools. Like, once integration happened in, like, the 60s, but really not until even, like, the 70s, and still not even that many Black people or people of color were going to white schools until, like, pretty recently, they wanted to make sure that, like, they wouldn't come in and, like, infiltrate what they thought belonged to them. So they had to make a way where it was, like, fair for them to have a space that was just theirs like oh well you don't have the right family background or you don't have the right gpa you don't have the right look so you can't be in our little club but like this is just racism (laughs) like you don't really need to think that hard to understand that because like if it wasn't racist then why would there be literally like no people of color or just like one in every sorority and fraternity yeah See, I don't really think that much about sororities and fraternities because um, the their presence is not so big at my school. Like, if you if you want to go to a, a frat party or something, you have to go to the street where all their houses are. And like, my school is kind of in a city, so like you have to go out of your way to go find them. Yeah. So I just don't go find them. <laughs> but I know. I always heard about um, like all the bad things that happen at fraternities and sororities, especially at UNC Chapel Hill because of the documentary, The Hunting Ground. Mm -hmm. Like that's like so like sick that they made, they can make a whole documentary about the rape and sexual assault that goes on at that school in the fraternities. So like that's the first big like blatant problem I see. If you're still a part of those groups, like you're a part of this culture where people are protected when they do these types of things and they're supported. Like they're, they're protected and supported by their fraternity brothers. Mm -hmm. And I've even like heard stories of like how some of the sorority sisters were like raped or assaulted or whatever. And like their own sisters like blamed them or like called them trashy, things like that. Like you're defacing our like sorority name by like like by doing these things like victim shaming their own sisters as they call them where if this if this uh sorority fraternity was working the way that they say it would about them supporting each other like they wouldn't do that stuff so that's the first problem I see like all the (laughs) sexual assault like you just know or like general advice I've gotten 
and I feel like a lot of like freshmen when they first start school get is to kind of stay away from those people those parties because nothing good goes on there Mm -hmm. and because everyone there protects bad behavior and allows bad behavior (laughs) to go on you know Mm -hmm. and yeah the the origins of fraternities or the the white fraternities are like (laughs) (laughs) are excluding black people there it's a it's a they have have a a foundation for white supremacy so how can things get better how can things get better if that's the origin like we always like I don't know why do people not like connect the dots like we know that if you have a foundation that is weak and faulty nothing good can come from it so you gotta like you gotta they just gotta do something different like and such a space like does it really need to exist because I don't really, like you said, I never really hear about any great things that exactly. these <laughs> are for other people. When I think that's what they try to coin themselves are like uh, groups that do philanthropy and stuff like this. But mm-hmm. what do they do? I've never seen it. All I've heard about is <laughs> parties, like alcoholism, sexual assault. Mm-hmm white supremacy (laughs) i've seen the attempts at philanthropy but i've never actually like heard like of any big results but i've like seen them like having their little events and like fundraisers and stuff but like why would i why would i give money to people who like i i hear (laughs) stories and i like you know like we know that they are not the best people they're not the most trustworthy they don't really have i mean not all, not all of them, but like the general consensus. Yes. <laughs> it's I'm just confused. Also, I'd just like to mention because I forgot about this that you literally cannot be in Greek life unless you're wealthy. Because on top of like your regular tuition and fees, you have to pay your dues mm-hmm. for your fraternity or sorority. Mm-hmm. So it's literally also classist, which is racist because that's always intertwined. Because like. Mm-hmm. The people who are going to be able to afford that are going to be the same people that they want in it. And the people who can't afford it are going to be the people they do not want in there. (laughs) And a lot of the times you have to have had like a, like your parent or like like legacy your family who was already in it. And if, if they did not let black people be in sororities and fraternities for the longest, then this is their way to keep black people and people of color out exactly. because they say, well, you can only join if your grandmother was in here. Mm-hmm. When my grandmother was in college, y'all like literally <laughs> called her the N word. For the person who submitted this, let's call her C. <laughs> C. <laughs> my advice to you is to bring up all these points to your friends and know that they're going to be mad at you and know that they're going to get defensive and know that they're going to think that you're a bitch, but be okay with it. Like, don't let them keep thinking they're good people. You need to tell them that they either need to choose one or the other. Either say that they're for liberation of people of color and that they're for Black Lives Matter and they're for anti-racism, or say that they don't give a fuck and they're racist. (laughs) like you cannot yeah. be doing both like what because is this? You, can't, you can't really be like halfway and halfway out when it comes to being a racist or not it's like you are or you aren't exactly, like, like you know you are or you aren't black like it's very simple <laughs> you are or you aren't racist like 
and your actions, not just your, your thoughts or what you feel in your heart towards all people. It's your actions and what you, what you portray, uh, and what you inspire other people to do that really determine like how good of a person you are or if you're racist or not. So you can't be saying that you want to be an activist, but then participate, participate in a group that actively oppresses people, you know? Like and this COVID. goes for sororities and many other things. So you really just have to apply this thinking to everything that you do. Like yeah. you, I mean, and we're all multifaceted people. Like no one is completely good. No one is completely bad. We don't always make all the best choices. We don't always make terrible choices. But when you know something is wrong, you have to like pivot and go toward the direction of what's right. If you actually want to, you know, be a good person or like do the right thing you can't do it halfway exactly and also tell your friends this so they can kind of see it from a different perspective imagine if people in germany were during the holocaust were saying like oh no like we don't support the nazis like we are really not for that like we love jewish people but then we're literally like part of the nazis and we're like going around and like murdering or helping to murder jewish people like mm. you can't do both like what is this mental gymnastics like you are literally one or the other like yeah. it, even if you say like i don't believe in this if you're taking part in it you believe in it to some extent if you really didn't believe in it you would find some way out like you would do something and like there's no what's the point in staying if you know that there's something if if you know that the foundation is bad and you know that what it has allowed to grow from it is bad what are you going to do from within something that's so bad you can't you can't change the history of let's change the kkk like let's go into the kkk and like you can't do it from within it's not possible we have to be realistic like we all want to be hopeful. I'm a very optimistic person, yes, but you know, some things just can't be done. Mm -hmm. And you have to find you have to find a different way to do uh or to achieve a goal. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, so our final advice is basically to tell all of your friends this and like I said, just accept their response because it won't be good and the climate in your house won't be good, but like that's just reality. Like you unfortunately chose this living situation so now you like can't really get out of it but you also can't like excuse their behavior and like validate them in their foolery otherwise you're adding to the problem so if you want to be like an ally and actually make a change you need to keep pressing down on them and being like no this isn't okay no you're not an ally like no you're not woke like they need to know that what they're doing isn't just going to be excused. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think you need to beat them over the head with it because, <laughs> like, racist people know they're racist. Like, true. if you call them out on it once, let them sit with it. Let them feel. Let them feel guilt. And but also, some people are delusional. Some people really don't think that they are. Like, I've seen at, this, at this point, I don't really have. I don't have time of day for people who are delusional. Yeah, but you're not the one living with them. <laughs> she is the one um, living with them. But at this point, there's too much in the news. Like, you can't actually be stupid. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Also, my other advice is to find new roommates for next year or whenever you can leave and or try to spend as little time in your house as possible. 
interesting. If that's possible. Just, like, try to separate yourself from them if they're not going to, like, change or see the error in their ways. Because you can't be friends with people who have fundamentally different, like, views from you. Like, it never works. Because even if you're like, oh, well, that's just their opinion. Like, no, their opinion is, like, affecting people. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, hopefully when you tell them these things, they they might um, change their ways. Mm, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of things up with that and I kind of I looked this up or you know there's been lots of different things of like we need to abolish this we need to change this and in this one thread I saw someone brought up how um the sorority fraternity system in general so I guess this is an attack against black sororities and white sororities it's male and female only doesn't leave any space for people who don't identify with either gender yeah what is that i never even thought about that well because i don't think people really thought about people didn't really think about these types of things when they were establishing um fraternities and sororities fraternities i think fraternities came first and then sororities they have always you know championed (laughs) the cis white man and were against colored people were against women clearly fraternities and sororities are against women still even though there's a group of women because the men hate the hate and rape the women and the women shame each other for getting raped or assaulted like Like, so twisted yeah that's why you'll never catch me over there (laughs) you know a literal nightmare <sighs> okay, well, thank you, C, for your submission. Um, <laughs> I hope wish that you all the best with that. Yeah, hope that we were able to give you some good advice. Now, let's move on to the next question. How do I refrain from doing something that I know is unhealthy for me, but is super tempting? In other words, how do I care about myself more? Mm-hmm. That's a good one, because many people need the answer to this. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> we live in a time of uh, where people prioritize instant gratification over sacrifices for the future. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we all struggle with different things that are so appetizing, but we know that, like, they are not actually good for us yeah. <laughs> in different ways. but. I think the main, like, the main thing is discipline, but a lot of people clearly don't have discipline, so I I can't just, like, give that as the band-aid answer, because that won't help most people. Yeah. I think you have to, if a discipline, if just not doing something can't work for you, then you have to, like, you have to think about the future and what you want in the future. Like, what you, like, good things only come from making sacrifices, So if you want to, you know, if you want to have a better future than your present, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. If you don't care about yourself now, at least care about yourself in the future. You know, think about her or him or them as another person that you're just trying to do right by if you can't do right by yourself right now, you know? Yeah, I literally have the same advice. Um, like that last part the thing that I always tell people is if you hate yourself which most people hate themselves really disturbing and sad but just Mm -hmm. the sad truth you need to 
think of yourself as you would think of your best friend. So like if you wouldn't want your best friend doing certain things because you know that it's harmful for them or wouldn't want your best friend in certain situations, then don't do those things and don't put yourself in those situations. Yeah. Like think of yourself as someone that you love and care about, even if you don't love and care about yourself. Like put that, put all of those like situations and emotions onto that person that you actually feel something for. And then think like, would I want this for them? And usually you would not want that for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like it really, it comes down to discipline. For those of us, for those of you who can be disciplined about certain things. There's like no one, Octavia. It's literally only you and me. (laughs) There are some (laughs) people. Why we have this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think you have to, like, if there's something that you're struggling with being disciplined about, then strengthen your discipline in other areas of your life. And it'll kind of normally like transfer over. Like if you find strength in something else, you can kind of channel it into something where you are a little bit weaker. So you just have to have practice kind of. Anything, it's it's all about practice. You don't have muscle in a day. You have to build it. Mm-hmm. So, also, yeah. another thing I would say is learn to forgive yourself when you slip up. Like, mm-hmm. if you slip up and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Don't be like, well, it's useless now. Let me just go all in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, acknowledge what happened. Like, okay, I said I wasn't going to eat donuts for a week and I ate a donut, but that doesn't mean I need to eat a whole box of donuts. Yeah. I can yeah. eat that one donut and still acknowledge knowledge that I probably should not have eaten that donut since I already had chocolate cake today. (laughs) You can do two things at once, like moving forward without having to go all the way back because no one walks a mile in a second. It takes us 30 minutes. We got to do those little steps first. We're not just leaping a mile. Like you're not, you're never going to just wake up and be able to do the things that you said you were going to do and be completely disciplined as Octavia said like it's mm-hmm. just not possible like, it's going to be slow you're going to slip up you're going to make mistakes you're going to be disappointed in yourself and you need to get comfortable with all those emotions like mm-hmm. get comfortable with failure because we're all failures like every day we're failing at something mm-hmm. but those failures propel you into success you know exactly. when you take a step back then you can take like two or three steps Mm -hmm. forward so yeah it's really about like good habits and doing little things everything that you did like be proud of yourself even if you Mm -hmm. only take like a tiny little step forward and then one step back like be proud that you even took that tiny step forward because something is better than nothing yeah exactly and, then and at least if, if you're trying, you're, you're doing a lot better than a lot of people because a lot of people are out here just willy-nilly doing <laughs> whatever <laughs> their hearts desire. Not even what their hearts desire, like whatever their human instinct is. They're, they're like animals out here just jumping at whatever. <laughs> um, I was going to say for the how do I care about myself more, it's like, what was I going to say? It's like cheesy and like annoying to do this. But you literally need to start like giving yourself affirmations every day. Like mm-hmm. look at yourself in the mirror, look into your eyes and tell yourself that you're worthy of love. You're worthy of good things, that people love you in real life, that you should love yourself. Tell yourself that you're smart, 
you're beautiful, you're interesting, you're funny. Tell yourself like compliments. Because even though like at first you're like, oh, this is so stupid and annoying. After like a month of that, you start actually believing it. And when you're walking around in day-to-day life, walk around like you give a shit about yourself. <laughs> like, don't walk around like, oh, I'm so ugly and stupid and annoying and everyone hates me and I'll be alone forever. Like, stand tall with confidence. Like, be proud of yourself. Like, exactly. be your own, like, cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for people who believe in God, and even for the people who don't, at least my belief is, like, God created every one of us to be who we are. Like, we were all created the way we're supposed to be. Why did he make some people so trash? Well, I think some people, (laughs) some people could, (laughs) some people made some bad choices and they ended up the way that they are. Mm. But I think we all have the potential to be really great. And we all, like, are born, you know, pretty great. So, just know that you're, you are how you're supposed to be. But if you're making really bad choices and hating yourself, that's exactly how you're not supposed to be. So can, like, what you, like what Alice said, like champion yourself and know that you, like, you are who you're supposed to be and that you have the potential to be greater. So, you know, be your own cheerleader, believe in yourself. And the more you tell yourself these things, even if you don't believe them in the moment, it's going to help you in the future and you'll you'll start believing it exactly yeah and when you walk with your head high like you feel better and and people will treat you better like if you if you tell yourself like oh i suck like i'm ugly da, 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 other people will start believing that too Literally. Like, people think this is, like, false, but, like, when I see people walking, like, well, you can't see. I forget that it's a podcast. When I see people walking, like, their shoulders down, like, all scrunched up, like, looking sad, like, I see them as, like, a pathetic person. Like, not on purpose. Like, I'm not, like, oh, you're so pathetic. But subliminally, like, subconsciously, that's the message that I'm getting. When I see people walking tall, looking cute, like, looking like they're commanding attention, then I'm like, ooh, like, they're cute. Like, I respect them. Because you know how that body language feels in your own body. Mm -hmm. So you can recognize it on someone else and point out, like, yes, she's doing her thing. She knows who she is. Or no. (laughs) he's lost yeah he's messed up also when people see you as like weak and like you just are easy to run over they will run over you yes people are bad and people take advantage of people that are seemingly not able to stand up for themselves even if inside you're like a super confident strong person if the outside of you is not appearing that way and your actions are not seeming to be that way People are going to take that as like, okay, this is my chance to take advantage of this person. Yeah, yeah. So really, in this case, faking it to make it, you know, is a way to get there because people believe what they see and what they hear. And if you're saying, oh, I'm, I'm stupid, oh, I'm dumb, and you're walking around looking really, you know, like well, you hate yourself, people <laughs> believe you and take advantage of that. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, our final advice is to be dedicated to 
be persistent, but to allow yourself to have setbacks and forgive yourself for those, and then give yourself affirmations, stand tall, be positive about who you are. If you have to write it down in a notebook, like, I'm amazing every day, please do so. Yeah, and treat yourself like you would your friend or your family member that you love dearly. Yeah. Like, and make sacrifices now for your future, for the future you, for a better future. Yes. Okay, so we hope that we helped you with that. Next, we have, how do you deal with bad friends? If you don't like what a friend is doing, how many chances should you give them and slash or when should you break the friendship? And if you do break the friendship, how? Should it be a conversation or just ignore them? <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, sorry to laugh at your question. Just that ending killed me. Um, <laughs> um, okay. If you don't like what a friend is doing, you need to tell them that. Yeah. See, this, this ties in with, like, boundaries and stuff. Yeah. And, like, I'm not sh- I'm, I don't want to victim shame. But I feel like sometimes people, kind of like what we were talking about before, if you look all like sad and pathetic, people will see you as sad and pathetic and take advantage of you. Bless you. Thanks. Bless you. Bless you. Um, people will do to you what you allow them. So if you don't tell your friend that you don't like what they're doing, they're going to keep doing it to you. And then you're just going to resent them. And then you're going to hate them. Like, you have, to t- you have to speak up for yourself. You have to create boundaries so that your friends know what they can and cannot say or do to you. Yeah. So, yeah. But then, you know, on the other hand, people will sometimes come at you wrong <laughs> because <laughs> they think that they can, but then it's your, it's your responsibility to correct that immediately. Yeah. So what I've seen a lot is that this is usually what will happen. So let's say A and B are like having lunch one day and b invites someone over that a doesn't like and they do this but a doesn't say anything and b does this every day for the next few Um. months then after six months a goes oh b like i actually really don't like that person and you know that so like you've been inviting them to lunch a lot and i'm not cool with that so can you stop well B is going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> How would I know that if you allow me to bring them to lunch all the time? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to not hang out with my friends just because you don't like them and you didn't say anything. Like, it's not my problem that you don't like this person, especially when you didn't bring that up. So even if A is like, well, I did tell you that like a year ago and you just forgot, A is going to be in the wrong here because to B, it's going to seem like it's coming out of nowhere. Like, it's going to feel so random, and B is going to feel attached. Like, uh, why just now is A making this shit up and saying, like, I'm a terrible person, when before they didn't have shit to say? (laughs) Like, this is what always happens. Like, people have a problem with someone, don't say anything, let it build up, let it build resentment, as you said, and then a year later, they're like, oh, by the way, I've hated you this past year because you did this, 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 (laughs) and this to me. So why didn't you say anything a year earlier? Because now you look stupid. (laughs) Like, now you actually look dumb because not only were you bothered by these things and said nothing, but now you're bringing it up to someone who's a completely different person than they were at the beginning point. 
Like, mm-hmm. maybe at the beginning, they would have listened to you and been like, oh, yeah, sorry, I won't bring them to lunch again. But now, they're like, what's going on here? Like, yeah, had this whole year and together. At, mm-hmm. And by this point, they are, wait, I forgot all the letters. C, hey. C is the person they brought in, right? Yeah. The other person they brought in. At this point, months later, they, they're tight with C. They're not just going to drop her. Exactly. As you said so. <laughs> but I think the... This question reminds me of, like, me in high school. Like, mm-hmm. I was a little mouse. I didn't know from my mouth. <laughs> and, like, I, I could definitely see this happening to me then because I'm someone who, who tries to give everyone a chance. Mm-hmm. Or at least, like, tried. <laughs> tried to give everyone, in the ch- everyone a chance in the past, like, even if I didn't like them yeah. or if I felt something was off about them. But now, nowadays... And I'm assuming this person is probably around our age. Maybe they're in high school. Maybe they're in college. But, like, now as we grow older, you have to be direct. If you don't want to be disappointed later, if you don't want to have bigger problems later, you need to, like, address them at the the source, you know? This goes back to, like, the... If you have a really faulty foundation, nothing can grow Mm -hmm. that is, like, good from it. You have to really, like, engineer things properly from the start. Yeah. Not engineer, but, you know give your uh opinion give yeah. your out your your uh what am i saying your perspective <laughs> on different things to other people like stand this up for a yourself. little bit earlier in the day than i normally like start <laughs> talking to people <laughs> but yeah you have okay. to stand up for yourself and not just let people run over you and then be like surprised and shocked when they do because like I said you can be looking dumb and no one's gonna sympathize with you because to everyone else it looks like you're in the wrong even if you're in the right that's the problem like if you want to come out of this friendship looking like the good guy which most people do it Mm -hmm. needs to start from the beginning because I'm telling you if this is like a year later you're going to be the one that everyone's like oh what's their problem yeah sure yeah yeah also if you're um i forgot what i was gonna say you can go (laughs) um if you if you want this to be a real friendship where y'all are actually friends and like actually care about each other and share your your feelings with each other on different things then you should feel comfortable like telling this person hey like i don't like person numbers person number c <laughs> I, don't like <laughs> I don't like person c you know um maybe uh can we just hang out during lunch and and you hang out with person c at a different time or like maybe you and i can hang out at a different time and i'll just eat lunch with my other friends because person c like her, he and i she and i them and I, we don't really get along that well, and I don't really want them to get in between the friendship that you and I have, so, you know, I just want to put this out here now before, you know, time goes on and we all hate each other. (laughs) Oh, I remembered what I was about to say. Okay, so when you say that, like that phrase, that passage, (laughs) when you Mm -hmm. say that to this person, you need to be fully prepared and 
like just okay with the fact that they might be like no fuck you <laughs> we're not friends yeah, like yeah. that that's true <laughs> like you really need to be comfortable yeah. i keep saying this and it's so true you need to be comfortable with the fact that they might not care about you at all yeah but it is better to lose a friend that you've known for like a year because they didn't care enough to not hang out with someone that you don't like versus 5 years later and then it blows up over some small thing because you didn't bring that up. Like, either way, this person is not your friend. Whether you lose them now or in five years, they will yeah. not be your friend. They'll be a bad person to you. And it doesn't matter if you deny it in your mind and you're like, well, I just don't want to say anything because I don't want to lose them. If you're scared of saying something to them, that means they're not your friend. Because if yeah. they were your actual friend and they were a good person, it doesn't matter what you would say to them. They would try to work it out with you in some way. Like, they would be like, oh, okay, I won't hang out with this person around you. Or they'd be like, oh, what did this person do to you? Can you explain why we can try to work it out with them? Like, yeah. they would do something and not just be like, oh, I don't care. Like, we're just going to hang out with them anyway. And if they do that, like I said, they're literally not your friend. Because I feel like this happens a lot. Like, people are scared to stand up to their friends because they think that they're going to abandon them or be like, well, I don't want to be friends anymore. Which a lot of times is the case. That is what's going to happen. But that's the thing. If that's the case, why do you want to be friends with that person at all? And I, I know think people are lonely, yeah, especially exactly. in high school and college. Especially in college when you're, you're really out here alone sometimes. <laughs> People want to hold on tight. Yeah. And I think another problem, more so for high schoolers and maybe for college students in their first, second years, if they're going to school with people that they know, there's so much like pressure, I feel like, on people to have friend groups. Yeah. But I think there's like a really big problem with friend groups because normally there's like a couple people in the group that don't actually get along. <laughs> when you have a group of friends, when there's a group of like six people who are friends, it's highly unlikely that you are actually friends with the five other people. Like, yeah. how can you actually know five other people that well and, like, mm -hmm. show up for five other people that well and share as much as you want to share with the, yeah. uh, your friend with five bad. other people? It's kind of not possible unless you guys, like, like pass a stake around and, like, take turns talking <laughs> all together all the time, and it's not possible. So I think we need to, I don't know, they need to teach more, they need to teach something about, like, friendships, communication, boundaries in school, because it's, I think, a, a, a area where a lot of people face challenges sometimes, or they don't face challenges because they don't stand up for themselves, and they just take whatever type of treatment, and end up having a big blow up later on right. down the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think that people just the thing is you have to choose just like with the sorority thing you either are friends with someone who's horrible to you and you know it and you're just going to take it because in that moment that appearance of a friendship or someone to talk to or someone to just have fun to is more important to you than your own feelings mm -hmm. and then like your own mental health or you need to be okay with having nobody if that's like what's going to happen and just having yourself because yourself is more important than the appearance of a friendship. So you mm -hmm. really can't have both. Like it's literally one or the other. You have a good friend and you, that's good, or you have a bad friend and you're like, okay, it's fine. Or you have nothing, but you can't like keep complaining like, oh, my friends are so mean to me and then continue to be friends with them. Like mm -hmm. don't complain if you're allowing it. Yeah. 
I think they're not your friends. They're not your friends if they treat you badly. Like friends are are supposed to like be a break from the bad people <laughs> in the world. <laughs> like, but I feel like a lot of people are to you- horrible to them. <laughs> like, wow. What'd you say? Sorry. I said I feel like a lot of people's friends are horrible to them. Yeah. Like I, I mean that so much. Like people's friends must be horrible to them because. We're out here treating each other horribly every day. Mm-hmm. And it's like the status quo. <laughs> like, exactly. So, yeah, we need to improve friendships and the idea of friendships as a whole. We could sure. do a whole episode on friendships. There's much to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there is. And to address the last part of the question, um, <laughs> that's why I laugh because in high school or at the end of high school, I kind of. <laughs> the end of the question said, and if you do break up the break the friendship, how? Convo or just ignore them? I think the mature thing is to have a conversation, really. Don't just ignore someone because you would never want someone to do that. Exactly. Because even if the even if the person like doesn't um if the situation is like this, where you bring up something from that was a problem from a long time ago it you they really feel like you're the bad guy in the situation and they probably don't like hate you but they feel angry towards you because it seems like you're the bad guy now mm-hmm. since you're bringing up that you hate this person randomly exactly. where when you when you were pr- pretending basically the whole time that you like them yeah like that's kind of messed up <laughs> so <laughs> all y'all that fault <laughs> but i think you shouldn't just like dump them in the trash can that's not very nice yeah because um, you wouldn't want someone to do that to you and I think that, like, on Twitter and stuff, or people reposting these tweets, there's a lot of tweets that are, like, your mental health is greater than everyone's feelings, or, like, you are more important than everyone. And, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I just don't <laughs> agree with that. Like, I really think you can do both things at once. You can yeah. care about yourself and your mental health while also not treating people like they're disposable and they're trash. Because it doesn't matter how bad you think this person has been to you or how bad of a person you think they are in general. They're still a person and they deserve some form of, like, human acknowledgement that they are a person. Like, it's not okay to be best friends with someone one day and then block them on everything and never speak to them again. Like, Mm -hmm. they're gonna feel like they meant nothing to you. And that doesn't make someone feel good. Like, then they're gonna go into every relationship, platonic or romantic, feeling as if this person could just abandon them at any moment mm-hmm. like you're literally causing people lifelong trauma if you do this and, and so matter. many people so many people have abandonment issues exactly like, do you want to be the cause for, <laughs> for another person yeah like it doesn't matter like if you think like oh well this person is just like so terrible and like well I don't want to talk to them because they never listen like it doesn't matter even if they're gonna like cuss you out and be horrible and they're not gonna listen that's fine just give them that response and then block them that's all we're asking here like just be like okay by the way you've been horrible to me so I don't want to be friends bye that's something yeah yeah but and the difference the the thing people have to remember is if you're trying to end a friendship with someone you don't need to end it in an argument you just need to say what you need to say and move on. So exactly. don't just block them off or don't just cut them off without saying nothing. Mm-hmm. And don't 
have a conversation that you let drag on into an argument because I've done both and (laughs) neither of them are good like you don't feel good about yourself they don't feel good about themselves and it leaves a sour taste in your mouth when you think about the friendship because it ended so badly you need to have a conversation where you say your part and maybe you wait for their response but it doesn't have to be a back and forth thing just say what you need to say wish them well, and and go on your way. Like, if they respond to something super negative, like, well, I never liked you anyway, that's when you block and you go. If their response is like, oh, can we work this out, and you want to, then try. But if you know you don't want to be friends with them, don't try to work it out just because you think that's the nice thing to do. Like, you need to be comfortable being the bad guy. Like, you might look bad in this situation. That's Mm -hmm. true. But you know who you are, and they know who you are. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, if they were friends with you, and they still want to be friends with you, obviously there's something good about you and you need to be comfortable with them going around telling everyone that you're a horrible person that's okay because like who cares you're never gonna see these people again (laughs) (laughs) I think if you need to if you need to end a friendship or a relationship of some sort because you feel like it's no longer serving you then you're not a bad guy for that as long as you don't like actually try to ruin their life before you leave them you know you have to do, I think that's in your best interest for concerning your mental health, like ending things when they need to end for you, but doing it properly because uh, I think a good thing for you and for your health is to know how to like operate within relationships and friendships, but also to know how to operate when you're trying to end them. The same way with how we all want to know how to operate when we begin them. Like the beginning is just as important as the end. So like cutting someone off with like with no with no notice of what's going on that's not good for your mental health that's yeah. that's turning you into a more um like toxic person because exactly. you think that it's okay so yeah okay so our final advice is have the conversation don't just like block them or like cut them off and speak up for yourself in the beginning when they're already being a bad person and not five years later when it's established that your relationship is just how it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, when, if you do feel like you need to break off a friendship, don't just cut them off. Don't have an argument with them. Find some place in the middle where you have a conversation or, and, and maybe work things out or where you say your part, you let them say their part and you end it there. Yeah. Just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the next one is, how do I be vulnerable without feeling vulnerable? Girl, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> what it's you not happening. <laughs> it's not realistic. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like, that's not possible. Sorry, that's it. <laughs> Case <Yeah>. closed. <laughs> If you're vulnerable, like, it's an action. Like, what do you mean? Like, (laughs) either you do it or you don't. I'm confused. Like, there, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, there's no way to do this. Like, if you're about to be vulnerable, you're going to feel it. (laughs) Just be comfortable with that. Like, you, people need to be more comfortable with negative emotions. Mm-hmm. You, you always want to feel positive, 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 happy, mm-hmm. happy, happy, excited, excited, excited. But we don't want to feel sad. We don't want to feel disappointed. We don't want to feel bad about ourselves. 
we don't want to feel vulnerable but that's what being a person is you're not going to go through life always feeling like you're a great person and that you're in control and everything is going how you want it to like that'd be so boring exactly sometimes you need to feel like you're free falling and there's nothing that's gonna like (laughs) pad your landing you're just falling on concrete and smacking your head open (laughs) gosh i think like negative emotions help to shade help to add shade to the picture where the light is positive emotions like you're not going to be able to truly appreciate feeling great if you haven't felt really bad before (laughs) you know like you're not going to really value or even be able to decipher when you feel super safe if you haven't been vulnerable vulnerable before like it's yin and yang when you bake a cake you still add salt to the recipe because you need like a little bit of of both like you need balance <laughs> come on Octavia. i said look at these analogies thank you thank you speaker. <laughs> but yeah i think i mean i don't know what they're talking about uh or i don't know the context that they're yeah. referring to for for this question but i think like i mean when i was little i was like the a crybaby and <laughs> my mom used to always tell me like stop crying <laughs> doesn't do nothing <laughs> but I mean I'm not a crybaby anymore obviously I'm like a young adult and such and you can't just cry at everything that gets nothing done but you have to like I don't know you have to be vulnerable sometimes so that you you realize that like you're not 100% in control, like, you have, yeah. like, you have to, it's, it's, like, it helps to bring you back to reality sometimes, like, I don't know, it's just necessary, like, everything that we experience is necessary. Yeah, like, yeah. you can't always be, like Octavia said, 100% in control of your emotions or how other people perceive them, like, mm-hmm. I think the fear with vulnerability is that you will be perceived as weak Mm, yeah people don't want that because we like we said when you're perceived as weak bad things happen people tend to take advantage of you but also i think it's a matter of picking and choosing who you are vulnerable with yeah (laughs) like be vulnerable with yourself because you're not going to hurt yourself or i would hope that you would not hurt yourself be vulnerable with people that you trust like your best friends your mom perhaps Mm -hmm. or maybe not your mom in this case (laughs) 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 like the person you're in a relationship with like you don't want to be in a relationship platonic romantic familial where there is no vulnerability though never end well like there needs to be trust because if you're not vulnerable with that person like no matter the type of relationship they're not going to trust you because people really do not take a liking to people who are never like they're what people who always have their guard up disturb people because it's scorpio It's scary to be around someone who's like always perfect and pristine and they're never sad, they're never crying, they're never angry, like they're just always like happy and together. Like that's, it makes people unsettled. Like no one wants that because then you don't really trust them because you're like, well, I feel judged if I portray like any emotions that aren't what they are. So it's actually Mm -hmm. good to be vulnerable around people who you have strong relationships with because it makes the relationship even stronger because they're like, 
we have things in common. Like we both feel these things. Like I feel like I can trust you with my emotions and you're not going to hurt me when I'm like crying and looking weak. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really good point. It de- you really have to decide who to be vulnerable around and when to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. when to be vulnerable because people definitely take advantage of you if you look weak or if you look like a crybaby. I think that's what my mom was trying to highlight for me as a young <laughs> child. But I mean, you can, like vulnerability is not just crying. Vulnerability is saying how you really feel, mm-hmm. like ex- explaining um, why you you feel certain ways about certain things based off of like what happened to you in your past. Vulnerability is a lot of different things. So yeah, I think the fear for a lot of people is that, or what I see is that a lot of people will misuse the information that you get, that they get from people mm-hmm. in the, the moments that they have been vulnerable with them. Like, <clears throat> I think the number one thing that people do when they fight with their friends or their family or their loved one or whatever, is they throw the things that mm-hmm. they told to them in confidence back in their face yeah. in a really ugly way when they get upset with them or um, or anger them or anything like that. So yeah, you really just have to pick and choose who and when and be prepared for if anything gets thrown in your face yeah. in the future. I mean, what they throw in your face is true. So like, you can't even it be does. offended. Like, it's the <laughs> truth. <laughs> yeah, like, d- just don't live your life like denying yourself all these different experiences and emotions because you're scared that maybe one day in the future one person will be mean to you like it's just not worth it yeah you're missing out on so much and like so many relationships just because you're like oh I'm scared that they're gonna say like oh well you told me this you stupid little (laughs) crybaby yeah yeah because like how how much bad can that do like you already know it to be you already believe it to be true because you spoke it Mm -hmm. so like you'll be okay you'll just really be fine so just have more confidence in your relationships, trust people more, and when you are v- vulnerable with them, they will be vulnerable with you. That's just usually how it works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you're being vulnerable, I guess a way to kind of protect yourself in those moments when you're being vulnerable is to pick and choose what you share. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to like fall apart and start crying and telling when you're like whole tragic life story like if you want to share something with someone like you can share a part you don't have to reveal like everything in your past to someone in efforts to be vulnerable with them like you you can do what you want you have a choice yeah next we have how to be productive when depressed, LOL. <laughs> the LOL is part of this question. Yeah. <laughs> didn't just add that. Um, that is a great question. And since I am a very productive, depressed person, I think <laughs> I can lend some wonderful advice to this. I've been depressed since I was like 10 years old. Like I remember in fourth grade, I was sitting under a tree and I was like, I want to die. And my friends were like, oh no and I was like (laughs) I was like I'm literally sitting here waiting to die and then they went and snitched to the teacher and then my teacher was like Alice are you okay (laughs) so I literally have been depressed for 10 years I'm 20 
and yet I'm a very successful person. So I got into a bunch of colleges that I wanted to go to. I got scholarships to like pretty much every school. Like I'm, I have straight A's right now. So like you can tell that I have my life together, even though there are days where I would like to die. So <laughs> just giving you some, um, what's it, ethos or whatever for, um, so you can know that I really can handle this question. So how to be productive when depressed. What I like to do is give yourself the time to be depressed sometimes. Because mm -hmm. I think what happens is when people are depressed, they get more depressed when they think about how they're not doing anything because they're depressed, mm -hmm. which makes them more depressed. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll be like, oh, I'm depressed. I didn't wake up and, like, I haven't gotten out of bed all day. Like, I'm such a loser. Like, I'm such a bum. And then you're like, oh. And then the next day you do the same because you're like, well, I'm a bum, so I might as well stay in bed. Mm -hmm. But if on that day where you were depressed and lied in bed, you were like, this is my day to be depressed and lie in bed, I think it would do wonders for you. Like, if you just sit there and you're like, oh, it's fine. Like, this is just my day off. I am depressed, but that doesn't mean that, like, I'm worthless or invaluable or a burden. It just means that I'm depressed. I think that can help because then the next day, you're like, you don't feel like you just threw away a day. You feel like you gave yourself a day to recline and recover from the trauma of life. And then you can get back up <laughs> and get into whatever you need to be doing. My other advice is to make a schedule and make lists, tons of lists. Because I feel like what happens, uh, depression and anxiety kind of are like best friends. What will happen is you're so overwhelmed by all the things that you have to do that you get anxious and you're like, I have to do this homework and this homework and I have to go to this club meeting and I have to hang out with my parents and I have to hang out with my best friend. And you're like, I can't do any of this. I'm just gonna lie in bed. So if you're like, okay, it's fine. I let me write down. I'm gonna do my math homework at four. I'm having dinner with my parents at six. I'm hanging out with my best friend at seven. I'm going to my club meeting tomorrow at 3 p.m. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, I can do all that. Take it step by step. Don't mm -hmm. think about like all the things you have to do. Just be like, I have this in one hour. Let's just do that one thing first. And then it's over and you're like, oh, I did it. Yeah. And I bet you get so much satisfaction from crossing something off your mm -hmm. list. You have like a, a little sense of accomplishment that can help fuel you to get into the next thing that you need to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and also, um, don't be afraid to do something about your depression. <laughs> Sometimes mm -hmm. people are like, oh, like, I'm just going to be depressed. But like you can go to a therapist if you are wealthy enough. I'm just going to assume that you are because you're white for this person. But uh. <laughs> and I think if you even if you can't afford to go to um, a therapist on your own, I think a lot of universities mm -hmm. have like an on-site therapist. Yeah. Um, that you can go to. That's part of your tuition. Yeah. Um, a lot of schools I think do that and like high schoolers, middle schoolers, all those, all schools have like a therap a therapist or like somebody on site that you can talk to. And like, I feel like you can always give it a shot. 
I wouldn't recommend like um, on campus anything because like they usually are tend to not care as much because they're getting paid less and seeing more people. But what you can do, and I did this my freshman year when I wanted to die, you can go to your campus health or wherever and tell them that you need therapy like long term, not just short term, because if it's short term, they'll make you do it there. But if you say long term, they can like give you money to see a therapist off campus if you are like if you have financial need if you don't I'm not sure how that works but like they just like gave me this little form and I filled it out I found a therapist she like sent a letter to them and then they just like paid for my therapy I had to pay like a little bit of it out of pocket but um the rest of it was covered and it is um like very helpful financially the therapy was iffy but like the fact that it was paid for was nice also I think there's like there's some websites I know there's some like people trying to raise money for therapy this is specifically for black girls I saw this I don't know what other races are doing that's not my business Um, (laughs) there's always resources though you know what I mean like where there's like a depressed person there's somebody that wants to help them for free usually and there's a lot of organizations like even if it's not um therapy a lot of websites or apps also where you can just talk about things and someone will respond to you which is just helpful but my point is you don't think that because you're depressed you just have to remain depressed and i know that for depressed people since i'm depressed i know this (laughs) it's very comfortable to be depressed like Mm. you don't want to get better usually like you're like well i'm depressed that's my personality that's me but like you don't it doesn't have to be like depression is not a personality it's exactly it's a a state of being it's Mm -hmm. a condition that you you move into and you can move out exactly but I think people think it's like a long-term lifelong thing which it can be but it doesn't have to be like your whole existence it's like I'm depressed like it can really just be like certain days certain weeks and if you have the resources because I think a lot of people hate themselves and don't know it so even if they have the opportunity to get help they're like I'm not doing that and it's not because they don't want to get better. It's because, like, they don't like themselves. So they think they don't deserve to get better. But if you have the resources, the opportunity, the money, the access to get therapy or medicine, please do so. Yeah. <laughs> like, please. Yeah. Like, even if it's annoying and you hate your therapist, in the long run, it helps. Like, I've seen it myself with other people. I don't take medicine because I can't swallow pills, one. I'm poor, too. So, like, I don't have insurance. Or, like, I can't, like, go see a psychiatrist. But I still do things that I know can manage my depression. Like, I have a happy light. It, like, simulates sunlight during, like, winter because I have, like, seasonal depression. And then I have a weighted blanket, which helps me, like, feel held. (laughs) And then I try to do things because, oh, this is a good point about productiveness. Know when you are productive. If you are the type of person who can only do things when the sun is out, don't try to do your homework at 9 p.m. Do yeah. all your stuff in the morning and make nighttime your relaxation time. Like, even if you're not a morning person, 
make an effort to wake up a little earlier every day until you get there. Even if the earliest you can get up is 10 o'clock because like it will really help you. Because I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, I can't do anything. But they don't realize that it's because they're trying to do something at a time where their brain is just not functioning. Like, what's mm -hmm. not thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if I was- You have to know yourself. Yeah, if I was trying to do work at 2 a.m., like, it's not happening. Because I go to sleep at 11.30, so how does that work? Because I wake up at, like, 8, so I do things in the morning. Because it's just better for me. So, like, yeah, know yourself. Know when you can be productive. Do things that can help with your depression so you can be more productive. And don't beat yourself up about not being productive. Because that never helps. Like, you're not gaining anything by being like, I'm such a loser. Like... <laughs> you're really not like helping yourself that way even though it feels good to hate yourself when you're depressed and it feels good to be miserable in the long run it's not helping it's like what we we're talking about in question two like it's right then it is very gratifying to be like mm, i suck i hate life let me go into my covers to do nothing and i'm doing that every day <laughs> but your two future weeks from now yeah two weeks from now you're like oh wait i just failed like three tests because i didn't study and then you're more depressed but like yeah. it didn't need to get to that level so just yeah. know that there's ways to help yourself know that like i also it's really hard when you're depressed to think like this because the the literal point of depression is that like you are like hopeless like you see life as like completely useless and terrible so it's hard to be like oh like i can get help or like oh life won't be so horrible in a week because yeah. you feel like what you're feeling is what you will be feeling for the rest of your life. But think of all the times you were ever happy. Like, yeah. if you can't imagine the future, look at the past. I like to, like, have a happy playlist, look at pictures of you when you were having fun, talk to friends that make you happy, even if it's, like, really hard for you to get on your phone and text them. Like, remind yourself that you were not always miserable, because mm -hmm. when you're depressed, like, your feelings are very, like, distorted, and just, like, it's not reality, even though it feels like it's reality, like, yeah. it's just fake, and that's what medicine is for, to help your, like, brain literally understand that it's not, like, real life, but you can't take medicine, try to remind yourself of that in any ways possible, yeah. and once all that is dealt with, you'll be able to, like, do things and not feel like it's so hard difficult to do them. Mm -hmm. I think um, another thing that maybe would help, maybe not, um, would be to write, like to journal mm -hmm. to yourself in the future. Well, like when you're in a good mood, journal to yourself in the, f in the future for, for a rainy day when you may be feeling bad so that when you are feeling bad, you can go back to something you told yourself. Because I'm assuming when you're when you're depressed and someone else is telling you it's going to be okay you you won't really believe them because mm -hmm. your brain is not making that, that connection exactly but if you can read something you wrote to yourself then you can be like oh wait like i was okay before i felt bad before and then i felt better mm -hmm. so that means i can do it again yeah. hearing it from yourself or reading it from yourself might be helpful and like you said, having like a playlist that reminds you of good times, mm -hmm. having pictures to look back at that remind you of good times, having people in your life who are still in your life, who are there for bad times and good times can maybe help you to rem remember the good times and yeah. 
um, empower you to know that the future can be full of good times too. Mm -hmm. I've actually kept a journal since I was like six years old. So I have tons of them. So maybe that's why I am such a functioning depressed person. <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. it was the writing that helped me. But Journaling is good for depressed people, for not depressed people. Everyone yeah. should do it. Yeah. The problem with me is that I only write in my journal when I'm really sad. But <laughs> like, yeah, because like, things are going good, you're like, use a journal. <laughs> exactly. Like, I I want to try to like actually use it when I'm happy too. But like, yeah, we'll see about that. But yeah, basically, just for final thoughts. Give yourself the time to be depressed. Don't rush yourself out of it if, like, that makes you more depressed, which it definitely does because that's just how it works. Um, mm -hmm. Give yourself the space for forgiveness if you mess up something. If you're depressed, like, oh, like, I didn't study for my quiz and I failed it. Like, let me just fail the rest. Like, no. Just take a step back. Take a breath. Like, you can try to control your um, anxiety. Like, it's okay. It's just one quiz. It can be fixed. Try not to be so hopeless about everything. Try to get on medicine or go to therapy if you have the resources to do so. And if you don't, look for those resources or literally anything that can help you. A happy light, a weighted blanket, some nice donuts, your favorite thing to watch on TV. Anything that can spark a Opening your window. serotonin. Literally. Oh, sunlight. Definitely sunlight. Um, depressed people should go outside and have like a window that faces the sun for sure <laughs> like please don't stay indoors in the dark even though that feels really good and what was the other thing like having oh a journal having things that you can recall mm -hmm. back on yeah a playlist photos anything yeah, so, yeah. Hope that and I think helpful. I think it's true that when you eat healthy it helps you, like, for depressed people and for not depressed people, mm -hmm. when you eat healthier foods, you feel better than if you eat processed foods or, like, junk food. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, treat yourself, but also, like, like, if you, if you have the option between something, like, not very good for you and maybe, like, an apple, take a couple bites of the apple. And, and see what happens. I think that's like literally impossible, Octavia, but like. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a cure-all, but. Um, Octavia's too high functioning. <laughs> She's literally never sad or anything. It's like crazy. I am sad sometimes, but I mean. Like twice I try to move out of <laughs> No, I mean. I don't really count it. I try not to dwell on the on the. You're sad just the most point. like optimistic person ever, and like so together, like you really have your life together. Like well, the average person isn't eating an apple. <laughs> I'm the average person. <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. You don't like apples, do you? No, I don't. I like mangoes, bananas, carrots. Oh, That's the only. Things that I will eat that are produce. Okay, well, you know that's the produce you like. So everyone out there, think about the produce that you like. On those days that you feel bad, take a bite of your of your mango or eat some carrot sticks and see if that does anything for you. Also, don't beat yourself up if you like happen to have some pizza. Yeah, yeah. I feel like depression's also tied to eating a lot of the time. Like depressed people tend to like eat unhealthy things or like not eat. So don't, like, 
don't see your like unhealthy or disordered eating as just like another reason why you should die. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Okay. So the next one. Oh well, these are more of the top. Of, I guess we can do boundaries, and then um. Okay, so boundaries. There's it was not really a question, but more of like just a statement. <laughs> this person said boundaries because I'm tired of telling these bitches like with friends, family, work, and romantic relationships. We kind of talked about that a little bit also, so it kind of ties in. Um, people, you just need to not be scared. This is with everything that we've said. Like, you can't be scared of losing people, of looking like the bad guy, of someone hating you, because you're going to regret not saying anything in the future. So even if this person's like, okay, like, why are you such a bitch? Like, can I just come to your house every day? If you don't like that, you need to tell them, like, actually, like, I can only hang out with you three times a week, because otherwise I just go crazy. I need yeah. them. Like, And I think the problem is some people don't really, they know that they don't like when certain people do certain things, mm -hmm. but they don't really have a clear set of boundaries for themselves for other people like mm -hmm. until they meet people or they're around people that do things that they don't like so mm -hmm. I think before you get involved with someone I mean obviously you've been involved with your family your whole life but before you get involved with someone outside of your family like know in your head what your boundaries are so that you can nip it in the butt when they cross them mm -hmm. because this is a problem people someone does something and you'll be like oh I don't really I don't know how I feel about that. And then you realize a couple of weeks later, like, dang, like, I really hate when they do that or when they say that to me mm -hmm. or like when they act this way. But if you know before you start messing with people what you do and do not want them to do or say to you, then you can, you can tell them right then and the moment when they do it. Like when you're training a dog, you don't like, you don't like, I mean, I don't know how people train dogs. I didn't really train my dogs. <laughs> I let them run free. <laughs> but like, I, I'm thinking about how people like spray their cats with water. Like you don't like let them do something bad and then like 15 minutes later spray them with water because then they don't know what they did wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you let someone do something bad to you and then tell them like weeks later, like in our previous example, they're going to be like, what are you even talking about? But if you know what your goal is with whatever friendship and relation or relationship, like you can tell them from the jump, yes to these things, no to these things. For your family, as you grow older, you just have to reinforce the boundaries that you develop as you grow because like when you're little, it's okay for people to pick you up and throw you around. Yes. <laughs> It's okay for your uncle to do that every time he sees you or for your auntie to, like, kiss your whole face. But, like, when you're older, when you get to be, like, a grown person, like, that might be embarrassing for you. <laughs> you may not like that. So, yeah, you just have to, like, reinforce new boundaries as you grow. Okay. Your family, at least. Also, another thing is to know, like, what your situation is. Like, if you live in a toxic household where, like, your parents are the type who would kick you out, like, if you spoke up for yourself, then kind of take that out. <laughs> like, don't start trying to be, like, 
aka you guys need to leave me alone don't do this stop knocking on my door don't come to my room because that's just going to start issues instead kind of try to make sure you're self-sufficient enough to not have to associate with them at all like or to associate with them on your stand like on your um what's the word terms yes on your (laughs) terms (laughs) thank you like um if you still want a relationship with them just make sure that you have your finances together and like in case they get crazy you know like Mm -hmm. don't be like i'm moving out right now but just be like okay i'm gonna do this and they're like oh no you're not then be like okay i'm gonna go now (laughs) Mm -hmm. just make sure i'm not telling you to like say crazy stuff to your families yeah but it's just that some families um, like, are crazy because some people really just take up in a whole other direction yeah. okay yes some families are crazy but also the way that i see some people talk to their parents i'm like what's wrong with you like you're so disrespectful yeah. don't don't um confuse boundaries for people with ways that you want people to like cater to you or yeah. ways you are disrespecting other people by saying that they need to do certain things for mm-hmm. you Boundaries are more so like what people can and cannot do to you, not yeah. things that you want or are trying to require them to do for you. Because mm-hmm. you can't really require someone to do something for you unless it's like, I don't know, res- like the bare, min- bare minimum, like yeah. respect you. Those are things you can require, but like you can't require people to like, I don't know, be your butler and things like that. <laughs> Boundaries are just like, um, hey, can you not look through my phone? Hey, can you not borrow mm-hmm. all my clothes and never return them? Mm-hmm. Things like mm-hmm. that, which I'm sure this person knows. But yeah, just, I would say, like, if it's with family, make sure you're secure financially and just, like, get have your stuff together in case things go really sour. And then mm-hmm. with friends, just know that you might lose them but be okay with that, to be honest. Like, that's really all you can do. And then with relationships, those things need to be figured out from the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. you cannot have a relationship and then two years in, you're like, actually, like, by the way, this has been bothering me. Same with a friendship. But, mm-hmm. like, with relationships, it's even more necessary to have those boundaries because you don't want to be engaged to someone and then just finding out something about them. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how people will make their friends jump through hoops, but then they'll get with any type of random person. Like, do you understand that the person that you choose to, like, be married with or for them to be your long-term partner, like, you're stuck with them for a long time. Why would you, like, pick up any little scrub off the street and, like, (laughs) call them bae? Like, do you want to deal with that all the time? <laughs> yeah, like, people will literally be cutting off their friends because they looked at them the wrong way, but, like, their man is cheating on them every night with this, yeah. that, and the other, and they're, And like, they're like, well, I never made it a clear boundary, so. <laughs> literally. Like, no. Relationships gotta have that stuff figured out from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Like, and I mean, we, like, people don't always have them figured out from the beginning, especially if you're going into like your first relationship or even like your first couple relationships because when you're young you don't have everything figured out and because they don't really teach these things and like I don't think everyone's parents really teach these things because it's not like 
I don't, I know very few people whose parents have been like, yes, like get into relationships, like date people, get to know everyone, like when they're very young, like normally your parents don't really encourage that, but you just do it anyway. But that's why we kind of end up like messed up in different situations because we don't, we haven't had any guidance, but yeah, you just have to, you have to use your head and learn from your past mistakes, you know? Exactly. Just get in touch with yourself. Know what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. Before mm-hmm. you even start telling other people, you need to figure that out, yeah. as Octavia said earlier. Like, yeah. know, like, who you are, what you want, what you need, and mm-hmm. then communicate. Yes. That needs to be a whole episode, because you bitches are not understanding. <laughs> like, you cannot just show up five years in and say whatever you want like it has to be constant open communication Mm -hmm. clear concise express yourself otherwise all the time are gonna go well yeah all the time you can't and it's like you can't just communicate your boundaries at the start and then like be quiet for the rest of the relationship exactly continuous and you have to really understand why you have certain boundaries and kind of, I mean, you shouldn't have to be able to explain boundaries to someone, because someone who truly respects you will be like, okay, let's keep, let's keep moving, like, I understand, and let's continue with our lives, but, um, I mean, I don't know, is it completely disrespectful if someone asks you why? I mean, sometimes people might, like, just actually want to know why, not trying to make you not do it, but they want to understand why you have a certain boundary, so you should know like why you're doing certain things so that if the the time comes up when they want to understand your your reasoning behind it or like what led you to this certain point like you can articulate that clearly you know mm-hmm. yeah awesome. that's what i think boundaries are important as long as they're not outrageous don't con- don't confuse boundaries with like absurd demands <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like everyone kind of like knows what they are it's just more like getting people to respect them but if it's the right person they'll respect it if it's the mm-hmm. wrong one they won't and mm-hmm. goodbye remember someone. this is your life is yours to live mm-hmm. so if you let someone stick around who you know clearly doesn't respect you then that's kind of on you yeah. at that point it's clownery <laughs> it is clownery you put on your full clown suit at that point if you suck around. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is, why are men trash? Great question. Easy answer. Because they're allowed to be. Mm, that's true. See, wow, I was going to really say that too. I don't want to, because, you know, everyone's all about, you can't shame the victim. But certain things it's like it's our own fault (laughs) if we allow people to treat us a certain way they'll do it Mm -hmm. so i think the reason why some men are trash not all of them but some are trash because they see other men in their lives do that so that's the example that they try to follow the media supports it because rap music which is the most popular genre in the united states at least uh constantly disrespects women (laughs) um and and on tv and in pop culture like disrespecting women is like commonplace Mm -hmm. um 
and because the the women in a lot of men's lives sometimes will not like discipline them or like tell them that this is wrong and because women women and girls who deal with a lot of men who are disrespectful especially in relationships like if you are constantly being disrespected by the person you're in a relationship with it's not it is them but it's also you because you're seeking out that type of person every single time if you have a type and you're not like happily in a relationship yet then that your type is your like failure it's your (laughs) it's your history of failure like (laughs) that's you clearly choosing the wrong person every single time if you have a, a type as you say and and if you if you can go back and say yeah all of my boyfriends were trash they were so disrespectful they treated me badly you chose them and if you didn't if you didn't choose them you stuck around with them my my statement was more from like the um all-encompassing sense like men are trash because they're allowed to be not even on an individual level but like on a social like societal level like men are allowed to be trash like from the moment that they're born into this world they're wearing those shirts that like i break hearts <laughs> yeah like heartbreaking why why do we champion that because it's not very good exactly and then, breaking someone's heart is like actually devastating them for a period of their exactly. life exactly and then like by um preschool the parents are like "Ooh, he has so many girlfriends and like by the sixth grade, it's boys will be boys when they're like harassing and bullying girls. <laughs> and then by college, it's like, oh well, he raped her, but he doesn't deserve to go to jail. He's yeah. a swimmer. So <laughs> this is what happens when these things are allowed. And it's not—I wouldn't say it's women's fault because we can't really control how men are raised when we also are children. Like, by the time you're aware enough to be like, oh, wait, men are, like, so trash. You were not the one doing the raising. You just were there as a child, like, Mm -hmm. with your brothers and your, like, male peers or friends. I literally don't have male friends, so, like, I wouldn't know. But (laughs) you're just like, oh, it's too late. Like, they're trash. But when you have male children, that's all you can do to change this. If you have male children, you gotta get them together. Like, <laughs> you cannot let them be running around here, not washing a dish, not doing their laundry, bringing any girls up in here and cheating on their girlfriend every day. Or you can't, or I feel girlfriend. like I read something, like a Twitter thread, like, saying how boys' moms, like, cape for them all the time yeah. like when they bring girls home and like the mom will make them feel like oh it's so nice to meet you but those moms really be meeting a new girl every day and be really acting like like oh you're so sweet I can't wait for you to join the family like if you're one of those moms I don't think there's any moms listening to this but if any of y'all become moms of boys don't do that Mm-mm. that's really messed up because <laughs> that's what makes them trash they think it's okay like they mm-hmm. think it's completely acceptable to do the things that they do take advantage of people be horrible because when they do there's no consequences mm-hmm. when they rape people no consequences when mm-hmm. they lie about stuff no consequences when they steal people's ideas in board meetings no consequences mm-hmm. like everything they do it's fine and they get away with it so why are they going to stop doing it they're simply not 
That's what makes them so trash. Like, if they had any consequences for any of their actions, there would be some humanity in them. But since they're stripped of that, it's like there's nothing in there. Like, it's very demonic inside. (laughs) When you look in their eyes, like, you see darkness. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And, I mean, yeah. There's there's a lot of boys who just are, are trash, actually. I think it's really our generation because like were boys always like this? Like yes, some of them are so are actually so evil. <laughs> no, they were always like this. But like, I think literally look days, at like, our fathers. <laughs> <laughs> but I think these days boys are like blatantly like disrespectful. They'll they'll literally tell you to your face like I don't respect you. <laughs> I don't care about you. I just want this one thing and that's it. <laughs> But I prefer that over, like, the lying and scheming, literally. Like, I literally would prefer for men to be like, yes, I do not care about you, I just would like to have sex, than to be like, oh, I love you, let's get married, and then have a second family. (laughs) Like, who wants that? But like I said, to me, it does not matter because I do not associate with men. Like, I don't know any men, I don't know any boys, I don't speak to them, like, (laughs) like I just literally have no relationships or friendships with any men my brother like I see him in passing in my house but like okay and then like any other male that I've ever like had friendship with was gay so like where do we go from there (laughs) they can be trash too though that's what I was gonna say men in general they just have they get a free pass for being for being bad to people a Mm -hmm. lot of the time so they just live in a society that protects them and their bad and their bad behavior. So yeah, it's all in society. But personally, like you as a man, you as a woman, you as a person, you can help to make you can help to make men better by just not tolerating bad behavior. Not trying yeah. to fix them or change them, but by telling them like you can't do that to me, mm-hmm. or you can't say that to me, and moving on. You don't have to give them a lesson, but you, yeah. c- you can just, you know, redirect them by saying, like, no, uh-uh. And it's hard when, like, there's other men, like, basically undoing all your work. Like, if you're at work, and a man is, like, being rude to you, and you're like, hey, don't speak to me that way, but then other men are like, no, like, he wasn't being rude to you, like, stuff like that. Like, you can't really do anything about that, but even you standing up for yourself, will do something like Mm -hmm. literally anything is better than nothing if they know at least that like you're not the one like you can (laughs) maybe like start some change just with yourself like now they're not going to speak to you that way yeah 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 if you demand respect people will give it to you Mm -hmm. it goes back to really how you portray yourself in this world because people will believe how you what you say and what you do yeah yeah so hope that was helpful um i'm not gonna do the last one just because like we're kind of it's been a while and that one can be like in another episode i hope everyone got their questions answered Mm -hmm. i'll probably do this again because it was kind of fun yeah it was i think we did a good job yeah, it was a wide range of, of different topics that can be applicable to our lives and other people's lives as well, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Like I said, we hope we answered all of your questions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thanks, whenever. <laughs> Bye. Bye.